subject is prayer. In verses 18 through 20. Ephesians 6, verse 18. Let's hear the word of God. With all prayer and petition, pray at all times in the Spirit. And with this in view, be on the alert with all perseverance and petition for all saints. And pray on my behalf that utterance may be given to me in the opening of my mouth to make known with boldness the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains that in proclaiming it I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. And is God's word. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we ask again for your blessing upon our study of this part of your holy, inspired, and inerrant word. We just thank you so much for the opportunity we have and pray we would always hold to your word as the, as the word of truth, as the light of the gospel, as the power of salvation. And pray, O oh God, that you would use it mightily in our hearts and in our lives today. You know us. You know our weaknesses. You know our frailties. You know our needs. You know our hearts. And so we pray, O oh God, that by your Holy Spirit you would take your word today and apply it to meet our specific needs. We pray that you help us to grow as a result of it in our faith in Christ and our love for you. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, Paul has just finished a section that we've been studying the last several weeks on spiritual warfare and that Included the exhortation to put on the full armor of God. You might remember he identified six particular pieces or elements of that armor, which included the belt of truth, the, the breastplate of righteousness, the shoes of the gospel of peace, the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. In our passage today, the passage that comes right after this whole discussion of spiritual warfare, Paul talks about the importance of prayer. And don't think for a moment those two things are not connected, for they most certainly are. All the armor in the world will not do you any good if you're not first committing yourself to God in prayer. And asking for God to help you in the midst of this battle you face every day. Prayer is an essential part of the Christian life. And it's particularly important, I think, as you do battle against the evil one, uh, against the devil, the forces of evil, the powers of darkness that come against your soul. You know, there's an old spiritual that says, it's me, it's me, it's me, O Lord, standing in the need of prayer. It's me, it's me. It's me, O oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer. And that's where we all must come. We must see our desperate need for prayer. For ourselves to pray for ourselves, but also for us to solicit and to ask for the prayers of others on our behalf. Now Paul gives us, I think, four important things about prayer in our verses this morning. I'd like for us to look at them together. Briefly, First, as we turn to verse 18, he tells us what to pray. And specifically, he tells us we're to pray uh, with prayers and with petitions. Uh, petitions. 
Uh, I believe it's clear, however, he's telling us we're, we're just to use every means available to us as we pray and communicate to God. The text says in verse 18, with all prayer and petition. Now, Paul is going to use the word all four times in this one verse. Talking about how important this whole matter of prayer is. Here he says, we're to pray with all prayer and petition. The word prayer refers to more general prayers. Where the word petition is more of a specific request. You know, the Bible uses other terms to describe prayer. Supplications, entreaties, intercessions, beseechings. And I think Paul is saying we're to employ all these means, all prayers, all petitions. Use every means available as we seek His face. In his book, Pray With Your Eyes Open, Richard Pratt says, Prayer is one of our greatest blessings and one of our biggest struggles. Prayer is one of our greatest blessings and one of our greatest struggles. How many of you can testify about the truth of that? We all know the importance of prayer, don't we? We all know the value of prayer. And I was sure if we were in the room this morning, we all want to be more and more people of prayer, more, more people who give ourselves to pray. And we find it so hard, don't we? Isn't prayer one of the most difficult disciplines in the Christian life? And you have sometimes such good intentions. You rearrange your schedule. You set a time, set a time in the morning. You set aside a time at your lunch break. You have such great intentions, and yet those intentions so often are short-lived. If that's where you are today, if you're really struggling to pray, I want to encourage you with the fact that you're not alone. New Christians, mature Christians, pastors, Sunday school teachers, evangelists, missionaries, elders, deacons, all struggle to pray. When do you pray most often? Isn't it when you have a pressing need? You know, we talk about foxhole prayers. That's prayers when you know you're really in trouble. And you cry to God and you pray, Oh God, help me. And then when the help comes, guess what happens? Guess what happens? The, the, the drive, the desire, the need to pray goes along with it. And we're back to our regular routine of irregular, inconsistent times of prayer. Lots of things get in the way. Busy schedules, conflicts, and our sheer laziness keep us from praying as we ought. Now, so this is an admonition we all need to hear, isn't it? Pray with all prayer and petition. Use all the means available at your disposal to seek the face of God, to engage in meaningful conversation with Him. The door is open. 
He invites you to come. He wants you to come. And so do that. Use all prayer and petition. Second, he tells us when to pray. He uses the word all again. For he tells us in verse 18, with all prayer and petition, pray at all times. Pray at all times. Now, that doesn't mean you're always to be praying and never doing anything else. Well, you'd never get anything done. Paul certainly didn't live that way. Paul lived a full and productive life. He was engaged in many different activities, fulfilling many different responsibilities. So what is Paul meaning here? He means that we're to live our lives with this attitude of prayer, with this sense of the presence and the nearness of God to us, so that throughout the day we're calling out to Him, talking to Him, conversing with Him, not necessarily in our prayer closets 24 hours a day. You know, in 1 Thessalonians 5, Paul says, pray without ceasing. In Acts 2, we're told that the believers in the early church were devoting themselves to prayer. In Romans 12, Paul gives that as a specific admonition. Devote yourselves to prayer, he says. Paul told Timothy that he prayed for him night and day. David said in Psalm 55 that he prayed evening, morning, and at noon. David also talked about praying in the night watches. You know, the night watches were the different shifts that the guards would take when they were watching at a particular place or over the city. There were three night watches during the night. So David was saying, look, when I wake up at night, I pray. I told you before, that's where I am in life. I do wake up at night. Rarely do I sleep through the night. I wake up several times, but when, when I wake up at night, I'm praying for you. And the night watches, praying for God's people. And that's what Paul means here. We're to pray at all times. We're to pray consistently, persistently, with this sense of God's nearness to us. And then he also tells us here how to pray. Still in verse 18 where he says, and this is another use of the word all, and with this in view, be on the alert with all perseverance and petition. And we're to be praying, he says, in the Spirit. Three elements really to prayer that he gives us there and he tells us how to pray. One of those is we're to pray in the Spirit. What does that mean? What does it mean to pray in the Spirit? Well, it doesn't mean that you have to be doing something extraordinary. It doesn't mean there has to be something emotional. It doesn't have to be some obvious demonstration of the Spirit's presence. To pray in the Spirit means to pray with the Spirit's help. You know, Jesus promised to send the Holy Spirit. And it's interesting to me, so interesting to me, one of the most encouraging things to me about the Holy Spirit coming is Jesus said, I'll ask the Father, and He will send you another helper. The Holy Spirit has many things that He does, but the greatest thing the Holy Spirit does is He helps us. 
And He's able to help us because He knows us. He knows our weaknesses. He knows our frailties. And one of the most specific areas where the Holy Spirit helps us is in this matter of prayer. I want you to turn with me to Romans chapter 8. Keep your finger on Ephesians 6 and turn back to Romans chapter 8. You know we Presbyterians love the end of Romans 8, don't we? Romans 8, 28 and following. Well, we focus so much attention on the end of Romans 8, we forget some of the great truths that come right before it. I want you to look at verses 26 and 27. In the same way, the Spirit also helps our weakness. For we do not know how to pray as we should. But the Spirit Himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And He who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is. Because He intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. What a great couple of verses. Paul says, the Holy Spirit helps our weakness. How does he do that? He does it because, or why does he do it? He does it because we don't know how to pray as we ought. The Holy Spirit knows we don't know how to pray. And so he helps us in that particular specific weakness. And how does he do it? He does it by interceding for us with groanings too deep for words. Folks, what I want you to know this morning is as you pray, the Holy Spirit is praying for you, but more than that, He's praying with you. The Holy Spirit prays. And He prays, the text says, according to the will of God, He searches the hearts. He knows the mind of the Spirit. So what does it mean to pray in the Spirit? It means to pray along with the Holy Spirit. No, as you pray, the Holy Spirit is praying for you. He's praying with you. And even though you don't know what to pray for in particular or how to pray you should, you have the great confidence and assurance the Holy Spirit does. I'm convinced sometimes praying in the Spirit is simply praying the way Jesus did. Not my will but then be done. The Spirit knows the mind of God. He knows the will of God and He's praying for you according to that. So pray in the Spirit according to your understanding that the Spirit is praying with you. But there's another part of prayer here. And He says we're to pray being on the alert now there's a practical admonition, isn't it? Talked about the struggle in prayer a moment ago. Isn't that one of our greatest struggles? Just being alert in prayer. We have a pastoral prayer every worship service. How easy is it for your mind to wander away from the prayer and on to other things? Even as you pray by yourself and for yourself, how easy it is for your mind to get distracted and find, you know, I'm not really praying. I'm thinking about this appointment I have 
or this meeting I have to go to, this doctor's appointment I have to attend. How many of you nod off to sleep when you're trying to pray? So Paul says, as you pray, be on the alert. It's an extremely pertinent admonition, isn't it? Jesus, when he went into the Garden of Gethsemane and left Peter, James, and John alone, he said, watch and pray. Didn't just say pray. He said, you watch and pray. And he wasn't talking about watching for the enemy. He was saying, you watch for yourself. You watch. Guard your heart as you pray. Why is it so hard to stay alert in prayer? Remember, this comes right after the whole discussion on spiritual warfare. It's because the devil doesn't want you to pray. He will do everything he can to distract you, to direct your attention somewhere else, to keep you from praying because he knows there's strength in prayer. He knows that when you're praying, you're spiritually strong. When you're not praying, you're spiritually weak. And so the devil will do everything he can to keep you from being alert in prayer. So be on the alert. There's one other thing he says about prayer. And how to pray. And that's to pray with all perseverance. Now that's of course closely related to being alert in prayer. You're, you're to keep at it folks. That's why Paul says in Romans 12. Be devoted to prayer. Jesus said we're to pray and not lose heart. Isn't that interesting? Jesus said pray and not lose heart. Why do we lose heart in prayer? One of the reasons we lose heart in prayer is because we can't see the one with whom we're talking. And when you pray, you can't see God's expression. He doesn't verbally acknowledge your presence or what you've said to him. He doesn't say even say, uh-huh, or yes, sir, or I will. You pray. You pray. And there's the the silent witness, the testimony of the Holy Spirit. There's no voice that speaks back. And sometimes in a one-sided conversation, we can lose heart. Is God really there? Is God really listening? Are my prayers really getting above the ceiling? Is there any real value in this? And Paul says, look, you, you persevere in it. Another reason we lose heart in prayer is because sometimes the answers to our prayer seem to come so slowly. We pray, and we pray, and we pray, and it seems like nothing really happens. Some of you may have been praying for victory over besetting sin for years and you still struggle with it. Some of you are praying for a financial windfall, a financial blessing because you're smothered by a mountain of debt. And it's still there. Some of you have been praying for years for an unbelieving family member or an unbelieving friend. 
and they're still unconverted. Some of you have been praying for your spouse for years, for a change of heart, change of habit, change of life. And it's still the same. It's easy to lose heart. Jesus says don't. Pray and don't lose heart. Be devoted to prayer. Be persistent in prayer. Look folks, we don't know God's timetable. Never ever give up. You keep praying. You know, Jesus told two parables about persistence in prayer. One was about an importunate widow, a widow who needed help. And there was a neighbor at midnight who had a visitor come. He didn't have anything to feed him. And so the widow went to the judge and asked for help. The neighbor went next door to ask for some food. The judge ignored the widow. The neighbor told the man to he was asleep to go back home. But neither would be settled with that answer. They kept coming, kept knocking, kept persisting. And finally the judge gave the widow the justice she was seeking. The neighbor gave the friend the food he was wanting. And Jesus said, look, if, if, if men... Respond that way to persistence and asking, won't your Heavenly Father do the same? Then there's a fourth part of prayer here. And, and that is for whom to pray. Now I know I'm still in verse 18. It's at the end of 18, run through verse 20, but I can be very, very brief in this. We see in we're to pray for people in general and for people in particular. Notice the end of verse 18 he says we're to pray for all the saints. We're to pray for all the saints. Our, our prayers he says are to be wide in scope. They're to be broad in nature. We're to pray for believers here and believers there, believers near and believers far. Folks, we're to pray for saints. Pray for the saints. This is a convicting verse to me. We're to pray for all the saints. We're to pray for the believers who are in countries where ISIS is controlling their lives. We're to pray for believers who are under the edicts of Sharia law. We're to pray for believers where bombs are falling, where drones are overhead. Don't you know out of the millions of refugees that are fleeing from the Middle East, there must be some who are believers. We need to pray for them. We need to pray for believers in the military, believers in law enforcement. Paul says, pray for all the saints. 
We're to pray for all saints everywhere. But we're also to pray, he says, for specific needs of specific people. Now take that from what Paul says, really in verses 19 and 20, where Paul asks for the Ephesian Christians to pray for him. In fact, that's exactly what he says. Pray on my behalf. Pray for me. And he gives two specific requests. One is, he says, pray that I will be given opportunities to share the good news of the gospel where I am. Where was Paul? He was in Rome. He was in prison. He was under 24-hour guard. And yet, Paul says, you pray for me. Pray that I will have the opportunity to share the gospel. And oh, by the way, would you please pray, please pray that I have the boldness. When those opportunities come, I have the boldness to do it. Can you imagine Paul praying for boldness? Those are specific requests that Paul gave to this specific church saying, would you pray for me? Those are the kinds of things that go on the prayer list, aren't they? People come to us and they say, would you pray for me about this? And we say, sure, we will pray for you about that. And so we pray. Sometimes it's personal things for which we pray. I know I get the most personal things for which people want me to pray. And yet, we are to pray for the needs of one another in our body. And we're to ask and solicit people to pray on our behalf as well. Prayer is the, the Christian's lifeline to heaven, folks. It's our link to God. It is vital and important. It's an essential part of the Christian life. In every situation of life, you're to pray. Because without prayer, you're weak and frail. But with prayer, you can have the power to live in the path of obedience and live in a way that pleases God. A little pastoral moment in the sermon. One of the things that encourages me about North Point is, is about our devotion to prayer. And how willing we are to pray for each other. How free you are to say, would you pray for me about this? I know that you pray because you tell me that you do. And sometimes when the prayer list doesn't come out, you say, where's the prayer list? Who is it that we need to be praying for this week? You pray for one another. Prayer unites believers together. It's been said and it's so true. Hard to be angry with somebody for whom you're praying. Isn't it right? Hard to be angry with someone for whom you are praying. And the more we pray for each other, guess what? The more of a sense of unity and oneness we experience in the body of Christ. So my encouragement to you today is pray. Use all the means available. God gives you to pray. Pray at every opportunity that you have. Pray persistently in the Spirit, being alert, and pray Broadly, widely, and pray specifically for the needs God brings to your attention. You and we 
we'll all be better for it. Let's pray. Lord God, thank you so much for your word. And thank you for the truth of it. Help us to apply this part of it to our lives today. That we'll be better able to pray consistently, persistently, and effectively. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.